you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. Well, hey, good morning, Bell Road Church. How you doing? Good, good. It's great to see you. It's great to have those of you that are joining us online as well. I am looking forward to hanging with you this morning, sharing this word. I'm looking forward to first service. You know what I love about first service is you all have been lively the last few weeks. So uh, let's keep it up. I love hearing from you. I love your excitement. I love your passion. And uh, you guys need to teach second service how to be active and, and passionate uh, again. So I'm praying that wears off in the second service. But Today, I want to talk about the secret to being content. That's what we're going to talk about today. Does that sound good? The secret to being content. Now, this last week, my daughter and I, we had a daddy-daughter date, had a lot of fun. We love doing those, and I always love when I get to hang out with her on those moments because you just never know what she's going to talk about. I like to listen, like what's on her mind, what's on her heart, and you learn a lot when you just listen uh, to your kids, and she started talking about her, her van's shoes that she really, really badly wanted two years ago. And she's like, I don't know why I wanted them so bad, Dad. And I don't, I don't know why she was talking about this. Maybe because you were wearing vans that night, perhaps, and it just reminded you two years ago, you really, really, really wanted them. So she started just talking about it. Like, I, I remember two years ago, Dad, I really wanted them so badly. I was like, I just, it was so, such a strong desire. I don't even know why I, I so badly wanted them like that, except for I think maybe... Everyone else had some, and so I wanted some too. And I said, that's probably a good indicator right now. It's, it's, it's funny how that happens. When other people have things that you like, you really want them. And so she was kind of just processing that and kind of laughing at herself. Like two years ago, I wanted those so badly, and then I got them. And I, and I asked her, how did that make you feel? Were you all of a sudden content and happy? And she's like, um, not really. Not really, I guess. You know, then I just kind of grew out of them, and I don't even wear them anymore. And so she was processing that, like, why was I so excited about something? And then I got them, and then it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be, and she was kind of laughing at herself, and it was just kind of a fun conversation. I said, what's funny about that is that's exactly what we're talking about this Sunday. Can I just share that conversation? Let's talk about being content. You know what's amazing is true contentment is not getting what we want. It's being grateful for what we have. That's true contentment. We think that it's in getting this and that and that and that, but actually it's learning to be grateful with what I have right now. What would it take for you to truly be content with your life and to really feel contentment? What would that look like? What would it take? And oftentimes we, find, we convince ourselves it's just, I need more of this, I need that. You know, If I just had more money, then I'd be good. You ever dream of winning the lottery? What I would do with if I won the lottery, and, and it's funny how many of us dream about winning the lottery, but we never buy a lottery ticket, so like that's ever really going to happen. But it's fun to think about, right? And then people will say, well, you know, all, there's lots of problems that come when, when you, if you win the lottery. You've heard all the stories, right? The horror stories, the bad stories. And so, some of us are like, I, I don't care. I, I, I'll, I'll deal with that. 
I'd rather deal with the problem of how do I spend millions of dollars as opposed to the problem of how do I pay my bills this month? I'll deal with the problem of millions of dollars. I, I can handle that, you know, and that's kind of what we tell ourselves and we convince ourselves of, right? But getting all of that, does that really bring contentment to us in life? Here's a question for you. If you and I were to experience what we're experiencing right now through this COVID-19 stuff for the rest of our life, if this never ended, if year 2020 kept being on repeat for the rest of your life, would you be able to find contentment in your life? And that's what I want to talk about today, because I believe that God wants to help you and I be content no matter what. So here we go. Philippians chapter four. Let's go there. This is the end of our joyful series, which is always a bummer to come to the end of a really good series. It's been great. It's been timely. It's been a a wonderful summer series for us. I've loved that my marker in my Bible has been in the same spot for almost two months now as we've been going through chapter three and chapter four of Philippians. This has been great. But just so you know, we got some good stuff coming ahead. Like Amy just talked about one Sunday, next Sunday, I got a special message for us as a church. And you're going you're gonna to want to make sure you catch that. Even if you happen to be away next weekend on a three-day holiday trip, join us online. I want you to catch that message. It's going to be a, a good, fun, different, very different message that I have for us next week. Okay, so Philippians chapter 4, going to verse 10. Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me Strength. There it is, Philippians 4.13. Some of you have been waiting for this verse. It is a very famous verse, famous words from Paul in the Word of God. Uh, Tim Tebow did not write those words. Paul did. But it's amazing how you know, we, we read these words and we hear from Paul uh, you know, learning the secret to being content, yet we still fall into this trap of convincing ourselves, if I can just get this... If I can just achieve this, if I could just move from here and get out of here and get to that next place or get the new relationship, then I will finally reach contentment in my life. And then we do that and nothing changes because the deal is contentment's an inside job. It's a hard issue. You ever seen a kid playing with their toys? All of a sudden a new kid comes into the room and they got a new toy. And what's that kid do? That kid's like, oh, I want the new toy. The new toy is all of a sudden way better than the toy that they have. Why? Because they don't have it. And because they don't have it, they want it. And then, you know, a a fight could ensue in that that little scenario. You ever seen that play out before? Aren't you glad we grow out of that? Maybe. What do they say? The only difference between the men and the boys is the price of their toys. So contentment is learning to be grateful with where I'm at right now and what I already have. And so the message today is this. The secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. This is the secret. 
The secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. The secret to contentment, we'll we'll really center around contentment today, but the secret to contentment is found in the strength of Christ. The the secret to joy in life comes through the strength of, of Christ at work in you. The overarching theme of this message that we said repeatedly is joy. It's not a natural response to life. It is a supernatural response to life. The secret to your freedom comes through the strength of Christ at work in you. So we'll, we'll talk about contentment, like I said, but really the whole secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. And so let's not forget as we end this series here today, the circumstances that Paul finds himself in. Paul is in prison. He is chained 24-7 to a Roman guard. He is awaiting trial. He doesn't know if he's going to be acquitted or beheaded. He has no idea what his future looks like. I think that's why in chapter 1, verse 21, he says, for to me, uh, for, for, for to, me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He knows that he is perhaps going to a trial where he could lose his life. This is on the forefront of his brain. He's like, I live for Jesus. My life is all about Jesus. And if I happen to die, even better, because I can be with him. And so this is the situation that Paul is in, and you and I are learning from him that we can be content no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances are. And one of the things we talked about in, in week one of this series was that My happiness is based upon happiness, but joy is based upon Jesus. So joy doesn't have to be circumstantial. It comes from Jesus. And the same thing is true for contentment. You can be content in spite of your circumstances. You can be content even through difficult circumstances. It is possible. Contentment can come when I overcome my circumstances, learning to overcome them, but it also can come and when I learn to live with them, you and I can be content. You ever heard of Johnny Erickson Tata? Phenomenal lady, incredible ministry for decades. She's ministered to physically handicapped people. And the interesting thing about her story was she wasn't born quadriplegic. She actually was involved in a diving accident. I think she was 18 or 19 years old. So she's very active growing up. And then a swimming diving accident left her paralyzed. And she believed strongly that God was going to heal her. She went to men and women of faith and prayed and was praying for that. And it never happened. And now decades later, God has actually used her to minister to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who are physically handicapped. My family being one of them. I had a cousin who suffered with seizures constantly and and put her in a wheelchair. And they went, her, my aunt and uncle went to Johnny's camp two summers in a row. And they just were just profoundly encouraged and strengthened by that. She is a lady that has shown us that you and I can live through and be content no matter what our life circumstances. In fact, once you listen to her in her own words, this is a video that she put out a year ago. Listen to this. Hi, I'm Johnny, and I am shaking my head wondering, how did I get here? 52 years in a wheelchair is a, a long time. I mean, even Jesus thinks so. In John chapter 5, the Lord was at the pool of Bethesda, remember that? And he stopped by a man on a straw mat who had been paralyzed for 38 years. And it says, quote, when Jesus learned he had been in this condition for a long time, 
That's what it says in verse six. And when I read those words, a long time, I mean, tears filled my eyes. This man of Jesus thinks that 38 years of paralysis is a long time. What's he think of 52 years? Yeah, I think he probably says it's a long time. And so do I. And yes, every day I'm wasting away. Uh, you've heard about the recurring cancer and those new problems with my lungs and pain. And our bodies are just fragile. But I am still on the growing side, the strong side. Because like the Bible says, I'm growing in two directions at the same time. Outwardly, I'm wasting away. But inwardly, man, I'm being renewed day by day. My body may be unraveling, but my spirit, my, my, my measure of faith and my assurance of salvation, my sensitivity to sin, my confidence in the Word of God, my hope of heaven, compassion for others with disabilities, my love of Jesus, everything about my spirit is growing. Sure, I'm weaker physically, but I grow stronger spiritually. Deep, great trials bring with them deep grace from God, all of which enlarges our soul's capacity for Jesus. Well, that's good stuff right there. She's an encouragement to so many people and just a reminder that we can be content no matter what. She says this, here's some other quotes from her. She says, my weakness, that is my quadriplegia, is my greatest asset because it forces me into the arms of Christ every single morning when I get up. What are we talking about today? The secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. It needs to be at the forefront of our life and our our mind every single day. I need his strength in my life. She also says this, "My, my wheelchair was the key to seeing all this happen, especially since God's power always shows up best in weakness. So here I sit, glad that I have not been healed on the outside, but glad that I have been healed on the inside healed from my own self-centered wants and wishes. She has such a deep, profound relationship with Jesus. And she says, I wouldn't have it any other way now. And she would echo the words of Paul. I've learned. I've learned how to be content. That's what Paul says. Paul said it twice. Did you catch that in that passage? I have learned, he said. I've learned how to be content. I have learned the secret to being content. Okay, Paul, so what's your secret? What's the secret? I'd like to know. It'd be a good secret for us to be in on, wouldn't it? And he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. The secret is found in allowing Jesus to strengthen us in life, that no matter what we go through, we can be strong because of him working in us. The strength is, or the secret is his strength. So Paul's secret really was in, is in who he had, not in what he had. Contentment is found in in not what you have, but who you know. In knowing Jesus and experiencing that relationship, walking with him daily, every single day, just being in in a close, growing, intimate relationship with him so that you and I can really live out these words of of the psalmist. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He leads me. He's he's my shepherd. He's my my Lord. I am not in want as he leads me. I'm content because he gives me everything that I really need. Paul said to Timothy, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Godliness with contentment. That's a good thing to have, right? So godliness is something we can only have through Jesus. First and foremost, through his work on the cross. You, there's no way you and I could be godly or righteous before, before God apart from Jesus' work on the cross, accepting what he did for us and his forgiveness that comes through the cross, that is how we are made righteous. But then there's this process of growth that we're all on. God wants us to transform us into his likeness. Okay? He wants us to live godly lives. So he wants to help us. So godliness with contentment is a good thing. It is great gain. And Peter said his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. And I love that. It's one of my life verses. His divine power has given me everything. Everybody say everything. Everything, everything you need for life and for godliness comes through his divine power at work within you. The secret is allowing his divine power to work in us. The secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. See, all we need is Jesus. He's all we need, guys. And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes us to get to the, to the bottom where we have nothing else but Jesus. And then I realize I got nothing but Jesus, but the truth is he is all that I need. We can have all this stuff. We can experience all this stuff. We can convince ourselves we need all this stuff. But here's the deal. All we need really is Jesus. This is one of the things Paul learned and even Paul taught us earlier in this letter to the Philippians, chapter 3. He said this, just in the chapter before what we're reading here, he says in verse 7, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ. He's all we need. You, can, I, can, you and I can achieve lots of great things. We can have lots of stuff, but Jesus is all that we need, really. And all of that, Paul would say, it's all garbage. It's all rubbish in comparison to knowing Jesus. Here's what we understand is that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He is all that you and I need. Yet there's a longing for more inside of us. And I pray that that longing for more would cause us to long for more of Jesus. Not long for more of this and that and stuff. And, and if I can just have this and acquire this. You know, God placed this longing for more inside of us. We convince ourselves that that longing can be fulfilled this side of heaven. But the truth is it can't. It can only be fulfilled in Jesus. People... All across the globe, they long for peace and they long for prosperity. Jesus wants to give us those two things. Those things can only come in and through Jesus. And so this longing for more is actually God-given. It's okay. He wants to give us more, but that longing will only be fulfilled in Jesus and with him for eternity, in eternity. That's why we, we long for, for what more than what we're experiencing right now, and we have the ability to experience that in eternity. So I pray that this longing for more would, would cause us to go to our knees and say, Jesus, I just want more of you. I realize there's lots of good stuff I could have in this life, but I, more than that, I need you. I want you. I'm hungry. I am desperate for you. 
I want more of you. I pray that that would be the cry of our heart, the prayer of our heart. Jesus, I want you more than anything else in this life because you're better. You're greater. You're all that I really need, Jesus. You know, nothing brings out discontentment more, I think, these days than social media. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love social media, by the way. I'm in lots of different platforms. It's great. You know, one of my sisters turned 40 this last week, so I was able to wish her a happy 40th birthday and have fun with that. And it's, it's great to connect with friends and family. But also, there's the dark side to social media, and that comes out a lot. And it's amazing how I can ha be having a great day all of a sudden. I jump on Facebook, and all of a sudden, I'm completely discontent with my life. Someone's lying on a beach. They're living right now, my dream vacation. All of a sudden, I'd feel like, God, why? Why can't I go there? Why can't I afford that? Why can't I have enough money to go experience that? And all of a sudden, I start feeling discontent. You know what I'm talking about? You see someone, they got the new car that you really like, the new house, somebody who's living in a season of life that you like. I'm not married. I want to be married. Why are they married? And then we get married. Like, why do they have kids? I want kids. I want, you know, and then we have kids. And why do their kids behave? My kids don't behave. You know, we find ourselves comparing all of these things. And we fall into this trap called the comparison game. Let's talk about, for a few moments, America's favorite indoor sport, the comparison game. Because this one's deadly, guys. And we all go there, every single one of us. Comparison's a scary thing. And we can find ourselves in that place as we're on social media looking at this, and we compare, we compare, we compare. There, why, why, why this? Why do they have this? Why do they have more followers, likes? It can be that the list is endless, guys. But here's what we learn is the more we compare, the less content we become. That's what comparison does to me. The more I compare, the less content I become. Comparison kills our soul. And it leads us to these two really deadly sins of envy and coveting. Coveting. You know, coveting and envy, you know, that's, and there's a difference between the two, right? You know, coveting is wanting what somebody else has. That's one of the Ten Commandments, actually. Thou shalt not covet. And so it's a Ten Commandment because God knows where our heart goes if we live in that place of coveting. Our heart goes to bad places, very selfish. So coveting is, I want what uh, someone else has, but envy is, is a little bit different. It's taking it further. It's actually, I think bad of them because they have what I want. That's envy. In fact, someone defined envy this way. Envy is resenting God's blessing in someone else's life while ignoring God's blessing in my life. That's envy. I resent them because they're blessed and I ignore the blessings I already have. Now, envy, it's, it's not desire. Desire is good. It's not dreams. Uh, it's, it's okay to have dreams. I think God gives us dreams. It's, it's not ambition. I think God places ambition. There can be good ambition, by the way, to do good things in life. It's not goal setting. I think God wants us to, to grow, set goals, have dreams. Oh, that's, that's all good. But envy really comes down to this. I resent other people who have something that I want, and I think that I can't be happy until I get what they have. That's envy, and it is a lie from the pit of hell. But it's a lie we convince ourselves of, that we think is true. So being content is being grateful with what I have right now. It's a hard issue. It's learning to be content with even who I am, who God has created me to be. 
You know that God made you just the way he wanted to make you. When you were born, God didn't say, oops. He made you special, unique, just the way he wanted to. God loves you. And it's important for you and I to become content with who we are and what we have. And everything we have is a gift from God, guys. Everything. There's this old Arabian proverb that says this. Better a handful of dry dates and content therewith than to own the gate of peacocks and be kicked in the eye by a broody camel. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. That is just awesome, though. <laughs> what is the gate of peacocks? It must be good. I don't know. A broody camel? I can see camels getting broody. But I think you kind of get the point of what that is, right? It's just learning to be content with what you have right now. Amen? The secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. I can do all things through, it's not through drugs that give me strength. I can do all things through money that gives me strength. No, no, money does, money's not bad, but it doesn't strengthen my life. I can do all things through uh, education that gives me strength. If I can just get more and better education. No, no, I'm not opposed to education. I got several degrees, but that doesn't strengthen my life. I can do all things through uh, friends. Friends are going to let us down, friends. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's imperative that you and I look to him first, allow him to strengthen us first. And so what I love about Philippians 4.13, it's a phenomenal verse. It's obviously important for us to understand the context behind the verses. Paul is talking about contentment. But he does say all things. So I think you can apply all things to all things. I can do all things through being, through the, through the strength of Christ. And so this statement shows the perfect balance, and I think even really partnership between God's power and our response. It's allowing God to work in us, but there's, there's, there's a role we play in this as well, okay? It's not all about me and me doing it, but it's not all about God and God doing it. There's a partnership here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said the same thing in Philippians 2, just a couple chapters before. Philippians 2, verse 12, he said this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Okay, so we're not working to earn our salvation. Okay, grace is opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. It's okay to work out, like salvation is a free gift from God, by grace alone, through faith alone. We're thankful for that. It's a free gift of God. We don't earn our salvation. We, we receive that gift from God, but then I live out my salvation. I work that out. I grow in godliness as I allow him to work in me. Paul says, it is God that works in and through you. So there's this partnership where I've got to do my part as I allow God to do his part in me. I can you illustrate it like this? Like God will speak to us and give us direction in life or, or like lead us, like here, go this direction, go, go here. He'll guide us. And he'll do that through many different ways. Sometimes he uses other people. Sometimes it's through his word. Sometimes, oftentimes it's the Holy Spirit, that still small voice speaking to you, prompting you, do this, go here. So God does that, but then it's up to me to take the steps, right? I got to move forward. Okay, God will convict me of my sin, but it's up to me to repent and ask for forgiveness for my sin. And so there's a role that God has 
And then there's a role that I have. I love that this speaks to the partnership of this. And so that's why Paul said, I'm allowing God to work in my life. He is strengthening me. And what I've learned is I can do all things through him. Secret to life is found in the strength of Christ. Amen. I just love how lively the first service is now. This is great. You guys are awesome. So we're going to bring this to a close here and hit the, hit the last few verses here in Philippians 4. We're talking about walking with God, allowing him to strengthen us, to empower us, to, to live this thing out. But also Paul is saying, hey, it's, God wants to help us and he wants to empower us to give as well. Giving is also very important. So the main reason that Paul wrote this letter was to thank them for their generosity. We talked about that in week one of the series. They sent financial support to Paul through this guy named Epaphroditus. He, he delivered it to them. And so Paul says that in the beginning, but then he's also going to say it here in, in, the, in the end here, he's going to thank them again. And so let's read these, these verses here. Verse uh, 14. He says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. I think Paul would say this, getting more stuff does not bring contentment, but giving more will. You and I will find way more contentment through giving than getting, obtaining, hoarding, acquiring. This is all connected to the contentment passage, by the way. Acts 20, remembering the words of Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, right? So Paul is commending them for their generosity. You guys gave, you supported me. Thank you so much. I needed it. You're the only ones that did so. In fact, to his letter, in 2 Corinthians, letter to the church in Corinth, he commends the Macedonian church. Philippi is in Macedonia. And he talks about them saying they, in their extreme situations they were going through, they were going through extreme trials and were even poor. Out of their poverty, they gave over and above what they could to support the gospel. So he commended these guys to the Corinthian church. So Paul is again just saying, thank you so much. You have shared in a partnership supporting the gospel. This is why he initially is really writing this letter to the church in Philippi which then gives us all this amazing richness of all these things we're learning, ending with, how do I really be content in life? Now I'd say it doesn't come through getting, it comes through giving. It's important that we have this eternal perspective in mind of where I want to be sowing into, what really matters, where I need my focus to be. And Paul says in verse 17, this is, this is interesting, he says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. What's he speaking there to? He's not talking about their current bank account. He's talking about their eternal reward. There is a reward you will have in heaven as you give 
to, to God and to, to further the gospel. Some of you might remember the treasure principle series that we did. It feels like two years ago, but it was right at the beginning of COVID-19 and then even to the first couple of weeks of the COVID-19 season, the treasure principle, it feels like forever ago. But the treasure principle basically is this, is you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. That's what it, you can send it on ahead. And so that's what Paul's referring to here is you are gonna be blessed, your account in heaven. You're gonna have rewards in heaven because you have so generously to the gospel and to God's kingdom. And he's just ending with saying, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting me. And so then this whole section on contentment and then giving ends with this. He says, and my God, and my God, will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God will take care of us. You and I will be content as we trust in him, as we allow him to work in us, as we allow him to strengthen us, even as we give. Sometimes it's hard for us to give, but we gotta gotta remember that I'm gonna reap what I sow. And so I wanna make sure that I'm sowing the right kind of seeds and the right kind of life and the right kind of generosity so I can reap that back and God will work and he'll take care of us. I can be content no matter how much I have, no matter how little I have, I can be content and God will take care of me. He will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches. God has everything you need. And oh, by the way, it's really found in him. He is everything that you need. All we need is Jesus really in the end, right? That's all we need. And I would pause and say this. Thank you so much for those of you that support Bell Road Church on a regular basis. Thank you. I can echo the words of Paul. Appreciate your generosity. You are furthering the gospel. You are helping this church move forward. We believe great days are ahead of us. Partly why we got a special announcement tonight in our team night to talk about the future and what's coming up in the next couple of months. But you are furthering the kingdom and the ministries of this church uh, as, you, as you support Bell Road Church. And I just want to say thank you thank you for that. It's amazing how it's a partnership. We all do this together. That's what Paul is saying. I couldn't have done this without you guys. I needed your help. And it's amazing how we do this together. And in this place, as we do this together, as we say, God, use us, help us, lead us, it is imperative that we allow his power to work in us so that you and I can be content right where we are at, no matter what. So what's the secret? Strength of Christ. That's the secret. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. And I got a couple words of encouragement here, just a couple next steps I want to encourage us to take. Number one is, I'd love for you to sign up for the Freedom Course. It starts in two weeks. So what I've said last couple of weeks is if you're not in Celebrate Recovery, make sure you're in a freedom course. We got lots of new people in our church recently and it's so cool. We just would love to get you connected. We really, we wanna be a church that's growing and we wanna be all about discipleship. Just following Jesus and allowing his strength to empower us to live this life. So I'd love for you to sign up on that connect card. This is a practical next step. In two weeks, we start the freedom, freedom course. We'd love for you to be a part of that. It's Disciple Maker Phase 3 is what it is. And then the second one is this. Let Jesus continually strengthen you this week. Continually. I'm going to live according to, the, to Paul's secret. I'm going to allow the strength of Jesus to strengthen my life. 
And so I'd encourage you just to pray Philippians 4.13 constantly. Someone once called it the 10 finger prayer. You ever heard that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a 10 finger prayer. Pray that constantly. 10 finger prayer and allow Jesus to strengthen you and empower you. Some some practical next steps. And then maybe, maybe someone today needs to make the best next step in their life and that's saying yes to Jesus. And if that's you, I'd encourage you today to commit your life to him. It talked about Paul's secret wasn't in what he had, it's in who he knew. It's important that you and I know Jesus. And I wanna give an opportunity to know Jesus today. So would y'all join me in prayer right now? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word and how it just shows us how to live. And so out of that, Lord, I pray that your spirit, your Holy Spirit who lives inside of us would empower us to live this out. Because we, Lord, we desperately want to be people who are grounded in the word and empowered by your spirit. Help us to live this thing out, I pray, God. And for those that need to say yes to you, Lord, I pray that you would really open their mind, open their eyes. You probably have already done that, Lord, to the fact that they need you. They need to say yes to you. They need you to help them, to to lead them, and to, to save them from their sins, from eternal death, but to to give them the life they were created for, and that's in relationship with you. So, God, I pray that you'd move in their hearts, that you'd move in their life today as they say yes to you. And if that's you, I'd encourage you just to pray this prayer along with me right now. It's just a prayer of forgiveness and, and a prayer of submission and just uh, and committing to follow him and just, just begin to pray, Jesus, I realize I need you today. Would you forgive me of my sins? I've sinned, I've rebelled against you. I've tried to do it on my own. I realize I need you. Would you come into my life? Would you fill me? Would you empower me? Would you help me to live for you for the rest of my life, all the days of my life? I wanna experience your power and your strength in me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, let us know on that Connect card as well. Let us know online. We'd love to hear from you because we want to help you move forward in the greatest decision of your life. And so, hey guys, let's take a few moments and let's just pray. And we're just going to pray that God by his spirit would strengthen us to live this thing out. We need his strength to be at work in our life. We need him. So let's pray that, let's process that, and let's take a few moments and let's just worship Jesus before we go. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.